Welcome to LOL You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm quite well. I'm really excited. Do you know why? I don't know. What's going on, Lisa? You don't know? I don't. I have my eyes closed. We have our first ever special guest on the podcast. What? Who would that be? It's Megan McDowell. Oh, my God. Is this where I say something? It is. I've just been sitting here this whole time <laughs> waiting for you to open your eyes. Hi, Hi. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Literally. Just <laughs> <laughs> to see you. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. Yeah, I'm really good. good. How's your week? My week has been... Do you want like the honest answer, or is this where we are like my week's good? No, this is <laughs> it is. <laughs> it can, it can How's yours? Like I don't know how are we supposed to sound like radio DJs, or it's like super upbeat and like. Sound Welcome effects. to one two three Keep point walk. boo into the boo <laughs> zoom going into the week like yowie. <laughs> I really want to start a radio station now. Oh, I want nothing else besides just a, a sound effect board. Oh my god, yeah. Oh. Or just like a straight up fart machine. Right. Mm. Yep. I thought about getting a sound effect board for us, but I haven't got around to it yet. Can you do any sound effects? Like are you I, good I tried, at making sound I effects? I tried last episode and I was <laughs> I it's not gonna make the cut. Okay. Um it was I don't remember what it was about, but it I was just like <laughs> and that was it. Oh, right. And it we was, were doing a transition into a new segment. Yeah, we were trying to like bag. figure out how it would transition and right. then it didn't work. Do you have any sound effects that you can do? Oh, I don't think so. I have I have a couple. I have one. I would love to hear them. Okay. Because maybe we can back edit the other episodes with it. Okay. (laughs) This is a uh, dog washing its privates. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) That's my least favorite sound in the entire world. It's true. I'm not quite getting it. It's like, it's a really like. I'm getting enough of it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's the other one? Uh, that might, oh, the other one's really similar. It's like a glass of pop being porn. Right. Porn? Por- That's not the right word. Being porn. I think it's being porn. Porn? Porn. Poured. Poured. Is it poured? Porn? The, the word porn is a word, but it's not the drink being porn into the glass. I don't think, no. I think, I don't, I don't really thought about it. I definitely say porn. Pouring the pop. Pouring the pop. That's pretty good. It's a That's fizzy, it's a fizzy good. drink. Yeah. Right. Both of them involve the tongue. I think I just like clopping my tongue around. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean. Oh, and I'm really good at trumpet. I was trying to think of a trumpet player. I was going to be like, is that Chet Baker? But I couldn't think of anybody until right now, and I said Chet Baker. Um, it made the cut. It made the cut. Mm-hmm. Was that Chet Baker? That I just did? Yeah. I have no idea. That right. was just a little impromptu, a little impromptu jazz. <laughs> Thank you. We like to start it off with a little free from jazz. How yeah. did you know? <laughs> I'm psychic. Well, we are so stoked to mm-hmm. have Megan McDowell here. Uh, Megan is a stand-up comedian here in Halifax. Yeah. And yeah. super funny. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's better than none of the time. It's true. Yeah. If I was funny none of the time, I don't think I'd be a comedian. Not a very effective one. No. Yeah, you'd be su- you'd be surprised. <laughs> It'd be funny if that's what your shtick was. If you're just like, I'm a comedian, and I consistently don't get laughs. Like, it's just every single time I go out there, I bomb. That's kind I, of my thing. I would be interested in, in intentional, that intentionally. I mean, that's the case for 
lots of folks. Yeah, accidentally. Um, accidentally. Accidentally, yeah. <laughs> but intentional failure is interesting. I do do a little bit of that now, right. I think, in my routine. I'm a bit more uncomfortable. I'm more comfortable with failure. So I wouldn't say that I'm, like, intentionally going out not to get laughs, but I am more okay with yeah. what I'm saying not getting laughs as long as I'm like, what I'm saying is the truth. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hey, I agree. Yeah. I kind of feel like um, a lot of times when I'm, like, if I've started a joke, and, like, I think that sometimes I just, like, say things in a funny way, but it's, like, it's not the joke yet. Mm -hmm. And people are, I get more of a laugh out of just like introing a joke more than the actual joke gets. But then I, I find like sometimes I like kind of just turn that into part of the like, that's not part of the joke yet. Like, and then that gets another laugh. There's yeah. like this like wave of like non-joke yeah. that like people find really funny for some reason. That does happen a lot. And I feel like that has to do with like the honesty. It's like people yeah. are laughing at just like this little authentic moment yeah. that, you know. Because that, that's happened, sometimes I've done routines and, like, the stuff that I've practiced and polished and, like, carefully worded, and it's like, here's my witty punchline, but it's the same thing. Some mm -hmm. little flub that I, like, on the stage, like, come up with at the top of my head yeah. is, like, gets the biggest uproar, and I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, I should make that into a joke, and I'll tell it the next time I do a show, and it doesn't get as big a laugh when mm -hmm. it's, it's not the been same. scripted. No, yeah. it doesn't have that, that moment of realness to it. Yeah. Yeah. The authenticity. Of the flub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I, I always, like, admire about Lisa is, like, Lisa, like, knows her jokes. Yes. When she's, <laughs> when she's telling jokes. <laughs> like, I know, like, I know my jokes, more or less, but, like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't. You know how you're going to say it. I feel like you yeah, are, I like. It's highly rehearsed. But it's good. It's, like, it's because... That's like when I first started, I would I would write like that and I would mm -hmm. have like every word memorized. And it was just like it was like a presentation. It was yeah. like, here I go with my like speech that is funny. <laughs> I do take a valedictorian approach to yeah. were uh, you your high school. Valedictorian? No, oh, okay. but not far off. Did you do public speaking? Yeah. 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 I did, too, in yeah. high school. <laughs> and that's what appeals to me about stand up as opposed to improv is the ability to rehearse yes. and refine. Yeah. And I don't consider myself to be quick in the moment. Um, it, it Maybe I am at times, but it's not how I think of myself and my comedic style. Mm -hmm. My And the reason that I know my jokes is that it, I think of it more as a story. Right. It's longer form. But when we had the show at the during the holidays, mm -hmm. like you were just saying, Megan, the, the flub that ha that I could not have planned. Yeah was one of the highlights of the set when my microphone broke right. at the exact right moment when I was making a joke about my intestines becoming disconnected or right. twisted up from each around each other. Yeah. And my friend afterwards said, I thought you did that on purpose. Because but I'd so never funny. be able to pull that off on yeah. purpose. I can't make the, the mic detach yeah. intentionally. <laughs> but it was a wonderful moment. Yeah. That's what I, I really like that about, about, I actually kind of like both your comedy, like, you're able to like tell stories where like I I feel like if I write a if I write a set list out for 15 minutes there are literally like 18 points on it there's like 18 jokes because like all my jokes are like 20 seconds long because I I feel it's mostly a confidence thing like, I don't have the confidence to tell a long story because if I'm halfway through a six minute story and no one's laughing yet I'm I don't, I'm gonna walk off and that's gonna be the end I'm, I'm just I'm never gonna speak again <laughs> but you. Adam have written long form hour long 
fringe shows. They're not yeah. They're not exactly stand up, but they're they're not far from it. There's yeah. a lot of laughs along the way, but also contemplation and right. Um, maybe it's just that you need to find the middle ground of where's the 15 minutes that is also getting the contemplation part. Yeah. In. Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's the, I think it's the context. I have a hard time with like in a fringe show like if no one's getting laughs it's just I'm an artist I'm just yeah. like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like a performance artist and this is my piece yeah. and there are some laughs but there's lots of things that aren't funny where with comedy I mean that is part of it like mm-hmm. it totally like, whatever it is but I'm more cognizant of the fact that I'm not getting a laugh right in a room of three people like especially with like we were talking like kind of open mics earlier and getting having a hard time like getting a rise out of people who are only half listening mm-hmm. Over TVs and other music that's probably playing in the bar. Well, in, in a situation like that, it's so hard to keep people to keep those three people like engaged in mm-hmm. a story, um, and and which is where like I think like I think I struggle sometimes with open mics because my stuff is so long form. It's just like okay, you've got ten minutes up there, and I spend ten minutes just rambling, giving you right. all this context for something that you might find funny if you uh, think the same things as me yeah. are funny. But I have a, a hell of a time trying to write jokes mm-hmm. like straight up jokes i think so i think that's a skill in and of itself to be able to do that and uh, a friend of mine the other day she was like reading me this list of one-liners that she had written and right. i was like i like if you paid me to write a one-liner like that was part of what i had to do when i did a, a three-week writing stint at 22 minutes is we had to come up with these copy jokes like 10 mm-hmm. 10 copy jokes but then it would really be like throughout the week you'd have to come up with almost like 30 copy jokes mm-hmm. but they're just sort of those one-off desk things mm-hmm. i couldn't yeah. My brain just was like, oh, but how do I, one line, one line. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the to... nuance? Yeah. One line. <laughs> so. I also feel like I, I have a hard time writing. I have a really hard time writing. Like, just yeah. sitting down and like, I'm going to write now. Yeah. I can't do it. Me neither. Like, I write by literally like, me and Lindsay, my friend Lindsay, who's, uh, we do comedy together, we run these shows. Um, we go sit and eat cheeseburgers and frig around with each other. And then we write that down. Yeah. And like that's those are the jokes that I tell. Mm-hmm. So it's basically ninety percent of my writing is just done at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the time I'm just like sitting at home being like, I should be writing. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do it. I haven't figured it out. I don't. Th- I think that's like. Do, I mean, do you find it easy to sit down and write out, like to sit and be like, okay, here's where I craft it. A little bit, I think, because I take that story approach. Right. Where I need to know where are the beats and what are the elements of the story the and the reason that i think i need to write it down is that i would otherwise uh, 10 minutes would be 18 Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. i would add in if i just riffed off the top of my head a story that i hadn't practiced it would be way too long and i would include details that i think are interesting but not don't lend themselves to the joke they don't Mm -hmm. add to the story it's just what i do (laughs) That's what I do. And maybe with more experience, I'll get to a point where I'm more comfortable doing that. Yeah. Um, and knowing that it's okay. Yeah. And I don't even think that's like a place that people have to get. I'm not just like, one day. One day you will <laughs> trust yourself ramble. enough to just get on stage and ramble. That's just something that I've had to reconcile <laughs> within myself because yeah. I can't write. So I'm just like, okay, I have to stop being the comedian who tries to sit down and come out with a polished set. Yeah. It's just like yeah. now I've made it part of my shtick that like out comes my whole MacBook because <laughs> I didn't even have, I didn't even want to like bullet point my notes onto a piece of paper. I'm just like, no, yeah. I'll just scroll through 
this like and I do ramble and I go on tangents mm-hmm. and you know I smoke weed so my brain is a bit of a sponge sometimes I yeah. don't think that's helped matters <laughs> so <laughs> I mean I made a joke on stage the other day about how I'm like a tour guide that's just like we're gonna go see a cave everybody follow me I'm gonna take you on this journey towards a cave and we don't ever get to the cave we like stop to look at a squirrel in a tree yeah. we like backtrack we go back to the car I cancel the trip <laughs> then we like <laughs> we go somewhere else we get in trouble the yeah. cops get called like the story really just yeah. yeah i know i find like i i need to expand sometimes because like sometimes i'm like way too short because i'm like the bare i just want the bare bones like whatever like the funniest little core of it is but then it's like so out of context it makes no sense yeah <laughs> it just is like just like it, bizarre ramblings yeah really short and then the rest of the time i'm just like staring at the crowd being like why wasn't why didn't you think that was funny yeah <laughs> I was do I was trying to do this thing once where and it I only ever done it like twice and they were both at open mics that like had very few people and so I think if it had a bigger crowd it would be okay but I tried doing this thing where I was like doing like a movie voiceover of this movie <laughs> <laughs> called, called K Sara Sara okay and it was um, it was like a it was a so, I was I would just I literally just did uh, when I was a little girl, my, <laughs> I asked my mother, "What will I be? Will I be rich? Will I be? How's it pretty? Called? Will pretty? I be pretty? Will I be rich?" Here's what she said to me: Sylvester Stallone in Casarasara. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I think that's, that's really hysterical. funny, and it's really strange. Yeah, and it got no laughs. No one knew what I was doing. Are you serious? <laughs> Zero. It was just like staring at me. Horrified. Is this and like, how you open? Did you just come out of the show and just start doing that? It was that my closer. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Yeah. So I did that. Got nothing. I was like, have a nice night. And left. <laughs> and I just like, it's all, I, it's I just a confidence. Like, I don't have the confidence to like, all the time to just like do that. Yeah, like, heard. if it's like a big crowd, like we just did a show together mm-hmm. that was for a lot of people. It was like eight, almost 800 people. 780 people. people and... Yeah. I find those crowds way easier mm-hmm. to do than an open mic. And I think a lot of people think that's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just find, like, in crowds like that, people are, either they're there to laugh. Yeah. Which is not the case with open mics a lot of times. A lot of times it's, we just have these hostages. Yeah. And they feel rude <laughs> leaving. And so they just sit there and endure it. Yeah. Um, and we're also, like, we're doing polished sets, polished dish sets versus, like, trying new stuff out at open mics. Um but yeah, I find those way easier to do because like it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You're always getting it. There's a bit of a there's this lull of a chuckle. Mm-hmm. And like that's I'm good. I'm good with that when that's happening. Well, there's enough people that like someone is going to like I did a couple jokes that that same night that yeah. I don't know. It was a little bit like, oh, that's the sound of 700 people with not many of them laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like There was a few things that I think were too awkward for people where they're just like, oh, we feel bad. I said, I have a tendency to always say something that I'm like, oh, people feel bad for me now. Yeah. I think it was also the way I was holding my microphone. I saw a picture of myself it, and I was like, this was a big microphone. It was, that was like a little more than I could handle. Yeah. I couldn't really just like so confidently swing it around. It was a two-hander, was but wireless. I'm gripping it like I'm like a little kid in a spelling bee. And in the picture, I just look terrified. Like my brow is furrowed and I'm just like scared. And I think I even said, like, I'm up here all alone. And I was like, don't, don't make them feel <laughs> well, I, bad for you, man. I went out and opened with basically the sentence, I'm not why you're here. You did, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. It was did funny. they laugh at that? No. Okay. It was I did, but silence. I was quite far back. And it was, it, was, well, it, was, it was silence for a second. I was like, hey, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I was, after, after a beat, I was like, 
I'm not why you're here. Yeah. And and then after I was like, but it's okay. And I started chuckling myself and then people laughed. Yeah. But like I think they were horrified that they're I was like, I'm I know you I'm no I'm gonna be quick, guys. I know you wanna get to the actual person you paid to go be here for. I won't take up most too much of your time, I promise. <laughs> If you could just bear the burden of hearing me speak a few <laughs> humble words from the bottom of my heart, it would really, this is, sorry, this is my make-a-wish. Guys, please just. <laughs> I wonder if there's ever been a stand-up comedy make-a-wish. Where somebody was like, this is just what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And just give me my opportunity to get up there and bomb. Yeah. See, I wouldn't want to do that because I'd be like, you guys are just laughing out of pity. It's pity. It's Don't pity. feel bad for me. It's I want you pity. to acknowledge my real humor. <laughs> I don't need your charity. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was a fun show, though. It was a fun it show. It was a fun show after I moved on from that not funny <laughs> way to start. If it makes you feel any better, I had a really, really awkward set here at this library last year. I think it was last year for, uh, what was the Halifax Pop Explosion. Right. And it was just kind of a weird show anyway because the headliner had canceled mm-hmm. and they had brought in like some other comedians and they were they were really funny but like it was just sort of like a we're bringing in who it was supposed to be um it was supposed a, to be Cameron and Rhea. Esposito yes. yeah and uh, so and there wasn't like a ton of people and it's also it's the library so you sort of associate it with like being quiet or right. checking the internet <laughs> or like having a cup of coffee when it's cold out and you don't have a place to live, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you don't associate with like comedy and it was a Sunday night mm-hmm. and I just was in a weird headspace and I had this bright idea that I was going to come out and act like the library was my home and be like, welcome everybody. I tidied up the, this is the foyer here. And people were just like, what is she talking about? <laughs> Nobody was laughing. And then I just really got in my head and I'm like, nobody's laughing. So then I just sort of stared at them and was like, <laughs> Oh, how are you all? And I was like, just keep doing the awkward thing and it'll come around. It'll get funny. And it wasn't really. They were all still looking at me like, what? And then I was like, imagine, like, worst case scenario, I just, like, put the mic down and ran out of here. Like, just, it was going so badly that I just ran out. And I did put the mic down and I ran up the stairs and I went out the door and (laughs) thought that there would be all this, like, laughter. But nobody laughed. And I was like. Oh, that's so funny, though. waited out. And I just stood outside the door and I was like, okay. You waited outside the door? Just for a few, just for like a few seconds. And I, then I had this oh vision God, of getting so locked out and right. it, like not being able to get back in. But the rattling would have been that so funny. That would have been the best part. But <sighs> so then I just sort of was like, okay, go back in. And I went back in and I ran back down and people still weren't really laughing. They were just sort of like, okay, you're back. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's how it would go if I did that. <laughs> Very, <laughs> it was bad. I felt embarrassed oh, after. Rough. I was just like, yeah, but you live to tell about it. I always tell myself I'm not a brain surgeon. So worst case scenario, nobody's going to die. Yeah. Yeah, it, comedy's very important, but it's not brain surgery. Yeah. It's as hard. It's as hard. It's as terrifying, I'm sure. But le- less like life or death. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now that we've been talking for 20-ish minutes, um, maybe we should ask our special guest, Megan. Yeah. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I am a comedian. I that is what I call myself. I call I sort of leave it at comedian. I don't even say that I'm a stand-up comedian mm-hmm. per se anymore. Um, only because I feel like yeah, what I do is sort of less polished, I guess, than what I 
I associate with like stand-up comedy and because of the whole rambling storytelling sometimes I'm completely unprepared I just get up and mm-hmm. speak without filter and hope that I'm just I've, I know I feel pretty confident I'm not like a, a person who brags but I do feel pretty confident <laughs> that I am a funny person I've had enough people tell me my whole life that like I'm just naturally funny yeah. that like for me most of the time it doesn't even feel it's not like a performance that mm-hmm. I do it's not like I save it for the stage it's just sort of like I am that way all the time and then sometimes I have the the courage to get up and say it into a microphone yeah. um I, the, like the performing part i actually am usually pretty terrified i still get major like stage fright it scares me i think like you know what if people don't think i'm funny what if you know the world is not a funny place and nobody wants to hear my stupid musings on kale like <laughs> why do i think i actually have anything worth saying this job is silly and it's not important but um i bet it is important yeah. these are just thoughts that i have but, um, yeah, and I do comedy, like, I sort of, I, like, I, I write comedic things. I like to make Snapchat. I used to like to make Snapchat videos, so there's sort of, it's not all just, it isn't all stand-up what I do anyhow. Um, um, so I used to do sort of sketch, and I have, my, my professional background is, um, I won a reality show in like 2007. Do you guys know about this? The I, Second City's Next Comedy Legend yeah. that's right. on CBC. It's like it's it's one of those things where it's kind of embarrassing to bring it up now because it was you know over <laughs> 10 years ago. I was like, I want a show. I am the next comedy legend, and it really didn't lead anywhere. <laughs> like, I right. mean, I got a, a six month contract with the touring company, so it's like this really impressive thing that I have on my resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and in retrospect, it was a great experience for me, but it was really. You know, there's a Wikipedia page that talks about it, and somebody wrote like the winner of the show was let go shortly after being awarded their contract, oh. and I was like, "What? Who felt <laughs> the need to put that?" I like it bothers me so much. And when I found that, like, I just happened to check it. Like, you know, when you Google yourself, sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely, I have a Google Alert set up for myself. Okay, do you? I yeah. don't have an alert, but should get one. There's nothing on there right now about me, but I did me find either. that, and it was years later. It was like you know, probably eight years later. So I didn't even feel like Hmm. if I go in and change that or edit it and be like, actually the contestant completed their obligation or their obligatory contract and then was let go. um, Contract was not renewed. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It happens. Yeah. It'd be kind of an amazing screenshot to get though. Because I think it has your name. It's like at this person edited. (laughs) 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 I like, it'd be worth doing it just so you could screenshot it being done. And then see if anybody actually goes back to check it and be like, somebody went in and Megan McDowell herself went and changed that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, you were talking about improv and how you don't. I Improv was a big part of that experience. And mm-hmm. I also do not excel at improv. I think I do mm-hmm. as long as n- nobody's telling me that what I'm doing is improv. Like if it's like, we're going <laughs> right. to play a game now. I'm like, <gasps> I don't know any words or actions or anything. My mind is blank and like I'm just going to stand here and make sounds. But Mm -hmm. um, I've always loved sketch, doing voices, being silly, especially like telling stories as vividly as I possibly can. So, you know, imitating the people involved and really acting it out. I like to get quite physical and goofy and make a lot of faces. So, yeah, that's who I am. I'm the weird ginger face about town who (laughs) talks about dogs and cats generally there was a big period of time where i was known as the cat comedian the cat lady (laughs) which is totally cool cats you can never go wrong talking about cats and i think about all the times that i like you know suffering with depression i'd be like but my cats you know they were there for me they'd Mm -hmm. stay in bed with me when i was sleeping for 18 hours a day but now i'm like no i think i was sleeping 18 hours a day because the cats 
were willing me to stay there yeah. they're like be depressed stay in bed then we sleep on you all day and you're here when we need you to feed us like they don't there's no part of a cat that's like come on get up we need to go out for a walk <laughs> <laughs> i need my walk <laughs> and it's going to be good for you too you need fresh air come on come yeah. on let's get you active let's go we'll meet other dog owners we'll get you social you yeah. can once you're out of the house you'll like, get some sun cats don't do that cats no they they want you to die so they can eat you. Yeah, absolutely. My cat used to lick my eyeballs in my sleep, like my closed lids. And I have a joke about how I know he was just like, oh, yeah, when she <laughs> dies, I'm going to eat those first because that's the delicacy. He'd like chew my forearm and lick my forearm. He'd make this face where he'd scrunch his nose up and be like. This it, is it, was, it was like I was KFC. You know, I was just like finger right. licking good. But yeah, yeah. Dogs, dogs don't want that. Dogs want you to be your best self. And they're just there to help you. And sometimes they're not a great help. Sometimes they're dumb and they're kind of in your yeah. way. But cats actively keep you down. Have you ever tried to do something creative? Have you tried to, like, write or use your computer or paint? They're, they're sitting I've, in the middle of I painting. I have never they're been around computer. a cat long enough for that to, for one to interfere with my <laughs> they, productivity. But I've seen evidence of it on the that internet. That is an enlightened life. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. It really is. You don't have cat hair on you all the time. Never. That's a big thing, too. I have some cats who I consider to be friends. Okay. They're they're small in number, mm -hmm. but they tend to be the cats who, I mean, I see them in short spurts, so that's part of it. Yeah. The cats who are more dog-like. Yes. Like the friendly ones who will come up and greet you and want to sit next to you and not abruptly scratch you yeah. with yeah. no warning yeah. and for no reason. Yeah. I can't read the body language of a cat at all in the way that I can understand I think what a, what a, is going through a dog's mind. Mm -hmm. If a dog shows you its belly, you it 100% pat that belly. Right. Rub mm -hmm. that belly. If a cat shows you its belly, you rub it for two and a half seconds. Or you do not even touch it you at shouldn't. all. Yeah, but it's you, totally like you can look, but you don't touch or I shred. <laughs> trick you into yeah. it, though. So you think, oh, you're the dog one. Oh, yeah, look at this belly. It's yeah. so soft and so fluffy. Soft. And I'm going to roll around. I keep twisting. Look at it. <laughs> and you're like, do you want me to pet you? It's like, come on. Why aren't you petting me? And then you pet them. And yeah. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, I don't think I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but there was an article in the, in the New York Times a few months back written by a woman, and it's titled, I am a lesbian who hates cats. I am going to die alone. <laughs> and I read the article and I thought, I could have written this because I have articulated every argument that mm -hmm. she makes in this piece about <laughs> what, why she can't live with a cat. Mm -hmm. And... I thought I should have been in the New York Times. I missed my <laughs> chance. That's the one thing I could have written a coherent piece about. But. Don't you hate it when you think a thing and you don't do anything with it yeah. so it goes off in the universe and somebody yeah. else plucks it and they're Someone like, I'll use that. Every yeah. time. And you and a lot of times it's like people who are, it's like, I could have done it better. Damn yeah. it. Like <laughs> it's always, almost always. Yeah. yeah. You, um, so you were talking about um, laying in bed with your cats uh -huh. um, and that them kind of like, enabling that kind of behavior and and as someone who doesn't even need a cat to enable that um <laughs> I, can, I can empathize um i think something we've talked about before is kind of like um like kind of like how like mental health and um comedy and kind of how those things kind of play off each other as far as like writing or kind of even subject matter and and that kind of stuff and i know that's something that's a part of your comedy as well and mm -hmm. um i just thought i'd like maybe bring that up and like see what kind of your thoughts are about 
um, mental health, comedy, depression, all these things. Because I think a lot of I think there's like a really common thread within the the comedy community that we're kind of like a bunch of sad sacks for the most part. We're all so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny that like the those are the people that are like up there trying to like add some levity to situations. So yeah. I just thought I'd maybe bring it there and see what you kind of thought about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's especially and like where the three of us are queer comedians, so I automatically just sort of consider us people who are thinking sort of outside the traditional comedy box. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, and we're I feel like the three of us as well. It's probably safe to say we're like quite sensitive, and <laughs> so it's like where you are able to see sort of those comedic things and appreciate those absurdities. There's also that room on the spectrum to like let in the negativity mm-hmm. and to be like overwhelmed. Like I can't tell you the number of times that I've. I could get up and kill it on a stage or I could call last minute and be like, I can't get out of bed. I have to cancel. I'm not going to be at this huge show. Like I've done that where it's just like, I'm sorry, I'm just having a total breakdown. I don't know that I can put myself out there today. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, yeah, there's something when I started to realize like how comedy, you know, it is like it's silly, but it can also be important and it can be really relevant. Um, and I'm not good, like, I'm I'm not a good, like, political voice. Like, I'm never going to mm. be the one that's getting up there and saying smart things about certain aspects of the state of the world. But I do feel like I'm a legitimate voice on depression because I suffer from it. And mm. I know so many people do. So I can get up there and say certain things. And I know that there's a lot of people with whom that's resonating. Mm-hmm. And they're coming up afterwards being like, I'm on the same antidepressants as you. Like, mm. I have also felt that way. I also have, like, you know... You, you take those dark things where it's like, yeah, me too. And then as soon as you just give it some type of humorous spin, mm-hmm. like that's personal, that like makes everybody else laugh, it just kind of like lightens. It's it's therapy. Like I've yeah. always considered comedy to be therapy. Yeah. And part of it is I guess I'm doing it for myself because I'm like, here's these things that I think and sometimes things are really horrible, but then everybody laughs and I'm like, oh, it's not so horrible. Yeah. It's really not that horrible. Like. Yeah. Yeah, we've definitely talked about it as, like, a tool of empathy. Yeah. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, that's, for me, like, why I love comedy so much is, like, I can connect, even with people, even if it's people I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, I can not feel alone in how bad I feel sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to, like, talk about stuff. Like, just being, just it being okay to talk about stuff is so, like, such a relief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'm not... I'm definitely not in the far end of the spectrum of like people who are like really smart political comedians or mm-hmm. political thinkers as far as like their comedy goes, but I think all comedy is useful or is like a tool of empathy in some way. Like even if we're just making silly jokes about like donairs, mm-hmm. that talks about something else, you know, mm-hmm. because you're talking about like. Like one of my one, the jokes that I always default to if I'm like doing bad in a set I'm like I need to like get a laugh and get the hell out of there is a joke a joke about donairs and um, getting the sauce on the side of them and they say and they write down SOS and it's right. like <laughs> I'm like and it makes me it I, the, and that happened to me and I, the first time it happened to me it was so funny and I was having a really bad day I was like all I can do is go around the corner get a dinner and go back in bed yeah and like just that moment was so funny and like made me feel so much better and then it's clear that that does that for the other people as well mm-hmm. because they're not laughing because they, they are laughing because they, they've been, they've done the same thing. Exactly. You know, they're not the, laughing like, ha ha, loser, no. go to get your donor. They're laughing yeah. because they're like, oh my God, we've all 
ordered that food or had yeah. that thing. And like, we're just grateful that we're listening to somebody else talk about the fact that like, sometimes they just want to die and not get out of bed, <laughs> but they're not, they're still here and they're yeah. telling comedy. I think it also, it's like, it empowers people a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Do you ever walk away being like, I am a spokesperson. I am the one that has the courage to get on stage and say the things that other people can't. Because, I mean, I, I used to think that about like the really embarrassing stuff that I would share. I just sort of was like, whatever. And the more I did it, the more comfortable I got just being yeah. like, people keep laughing, even at my growth stories, even at my stories that like are horrifying to me or used to be. And so it just makes you want to open up more and more. But, yeah, and then the people that will come up and be like, they like whisper like I've done that too, mm-hmm. but you know that they're probably never going to get on a stage and admit it. But yeah. you've given them a little bit of like it's okay, you're not yeah. alone. Yeah, yeah. We, nobody wants to feel alone. And so if you just no. like, and there's I just love there's something just very unifying about, and you think about like not only are you saying it, but then there's a person sitting there who has eight people around them laughing and being like that's you do. So everybody in the audience is kind of like mm-hmm. feeling unified in the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, the world is crazy. It's it's crazy and it is depressing and it's just sort of like how do you move through it with the best perspective that you can Mm -hmm. you know or at least once in a while just be like let's just put on some fun colored glasses and try to turn this all into a silly game (laughs) impending nuclear war (laughs) what's funny about it though (laughs) something (laughs) i was at the grocery store yesterday and i bought this bag of kale and i was like in a like today I feel good. Yesterday I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. I just was like really low. I bought this bag of kale that's already chopped and it's mm-hmm. ready to go. And this woman behind me was like, "Do you think that they spray that stuff?" And I turned to her and I just like it was so defeated. I was just like, "I don't care." <laughs> I was like, "I hope it's riddled with spray." I was like, "It doesn't matter. It's like it's it's everywhere. We can't avoid chemicals." Like I'm just like, and yeah. she's just like, "Yeah, I don't know." And the the cashier says, "Well, it says that it's washed." And I was like, "You know, it it really doesn't. I mean, this is the future." I'm just building up a resilience. Pretty yeah. soon we'll just we'll have to eat straight up chemicals. It'll be like, here's your chemical box. Open it up, eat your fake food. If you want to survive, <laughs> you have to be able to like yeah. stomach this shit. So I was like, I'm not even gonna wash it. I'm just gonna eat it straight up. I drop things on the floor and I eat them. I never wash produce. I'm probably filled with pesticides. Yeah. That's why I look young. It's I think I think so many people like have so many weird like they're concerned about one thing but don't think about the other thing that's actually way worse. Yeah. Like I was at I was trying <laughs> yeah. to buy a bag one time and I was getting like a, I wanted to buy a side bag for like, I, who cares? I was, yeah. I wanted to buy a side bag <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was in the store and the guy in the store was like, oh, those are kind of bags are bad for your back. And I was like, you know what? My bag selection is not going to be the make it or break it yeah. <laughs> in this it, situation. You know? When it comes to your back? When it comes to my life. Yeah. When it comes to like me <laughs> as a thing that's like working around the world. Like today is like, X number for X, like 100% of the times I've come to this podcast and got two double cheeseburgers on the walk down. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are, the bag does not make a difference. It's going to be... Side bag, front bag, back bag. I could have a bag on my head. My life is the same. Shoe bags, ba- pant bags. I'm going to get some cargo pants and just use those. I, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's other... And that's what I, and that's what's, I love about comedy is like, it's that stuff. Yeah. Like I, I did. I just talked about that on stage one night. I was just like, this guy <laughs> said I shouldn't get a side bag, and it got a, it got tepid, it got tepid reviews. Yep. Um, but even that, it was like, well, it was kind of fun. Yeah. And it's like it just, I don't know. It's just taking the like, the, the just the 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 cacophony of the world and just making it 
quiet for a second. Making it quiet, and I mean, it is it is funny. Like there's there's things that yeah. can be so terrible that they go full circle and yeah. become funny. Especially when there's like, I mean, that's why there's that equation like tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. Like when it's in the past, these, there's all these things I look back on, and I'm like, that's funny now. Yeah. yeah. Thank God, because if I weren't able to see it as funny, yeah. You know, I where think, would I be? <laughs> I think we talked up for like an entire episode about just that formula basically yeah because like i think yeah. we both really are like that is it because like it one of my, one of my so favorite jokes sense. of yours is um the thing you did at the last show um about your, your bowels yes and like uh, yeah i don't know like yeah it was not funny in the moment it no. was horribly painful yeah but uh, now it's funny mm -hmm. because i'm okay yeah and you know my intestines are fine but Part of the reason that I knew that that would become funny eventually was this idea of, you know, finding something that's close to universal yeah. in experience. And when I was in the hospital for two week-long stints, uh, I would hear the nurses out in the hallway, and nearly everybody in my wing was in there for gastrointestinal problems. Mm -hmm. I thought, nobody can digest anything. No. <laughs> Every, everybody's bowels are totally messed up yeah. for whatever reason. We don't eat enough kale. We yeah. te eat too many cheeseburgers. I don't know Stress. why it is. Stress, everything. Yeah. Our bodies are just like And just such up. a variety of different gastrointestinal problems. And mm -hmm. I and I had that experience now that I've told that story to a room full of people. Mm -hmm. Folks came up to me like, I'm really worried now that I might have <laughs> yeah. something wrong. And I said, well, you don't have what's wrong. what was wrong with me. Because if you did, you'd not be standing next yeah. to me. You'd be doubled over in pain. But, yeah. like, And that's also comforting, if, too. If you can go to the clinic, go talk to a doctor if you're having yeah. significant abdominal issues. Because it's yeah. quite common. Yeah. Well, see, this is the, the benefits to comedy. It's yeah. just like you're making people laugh. You're reminding people that they should go get a checkup just yeah. for their own sake. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it is hilarious it's it's funny to think that when that was happening to you and you're doubled over in pain in the hospital there was probably no part of your mind that was like one day i will tell this on stage and it's going to be hilarious yeah. no that's like, not where my mind went at all no <laughs> but yeah people were laughing because we've all had those i i like i used to be a really big i still am i don't care how immature it seems i'm a big fan of like poop fart toilet jokes yeah, yeah. and this because was just they're a universal. step up from this that, is a little right? bit more sophisticated yeah. yeah you're going into the inner workings you're not yeah. just straight up like butthole <laughs> I get rude. Um, but <laughs> That's a big closer. But oh. <laughs> One of the first times I ever did comedy, it was, I had a whole bit about like the anuses, how all of our anuses have to like, that's what unifies us, that we all have an anus and <laughs> it's just like, and, <laughs> you know. Common ground. Common ground. You're bridging it. I, yeah. That's you're the thing. It's yeah. Bridging the gaps. Yeah. That's what I was trying Yeah. <laughs> So before we close, uh, we just wanted to do our laughs of the week. Yes. Lisa, what's I, yours? I have two little ones. One is that, uh, though this will be far in the past by the time this podcast airs, right. but recently the two of you performed on stage in front of a bunch of people, and I laughed. Oh, oh that's very And that aw. happened in the last week. <laughs> so that's one little thing. Uh, the other is not a joke. It's just uh, something that happened, and I thought, it made me chuckle. I was at the movie theater on the weekend, and I was seeing the new film The Post, which mm -hmm. probably won't be new again by the time <laughs> the podcast is available. But uh, they played the trailer for the new sequel to Mamma Mia. 
which I didn't know was a thing. It is called Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> perfect, right? That's it gets more yeah. perfect. <laughs> the, there are a number of people in the theater. Everybody's enjoying the ABBA music and the... <laughs> There's flashbacks to the first movie and the trailer for the second movie, just in case you missed it. And at the end, who shows up playing Amanda Seyfried's grandmother but Cher? Oh, my God. In a big blonde wig, she looks wonderful, as always. And the woman next to me says to her husband, and this woman commented on every trailer. She right. wanted to see every movie right. that they played the trailer for. <laughs> And she says to her husband, was that Cher? She looks amazing. And I thought, how could she not look amazing? She's Cher, and she's made of plastic. <laughs> of course she looked amazing, but she was almost unrecognizable because of the hair. Right. And I, I didn't love the first Mamma Mia because I thought Pierce Brosnan ruined it. Uh, but I will go and see the second one, even though I don't know how long Cher's in it for. It's probably five minute appearance, but that's enough for me. Right yeah. at the very end. Right at the very yeah, end, yeah. probably. Yeah, finale. And, and that lady who was sitting next to me in the theater will be right there with me. <laughs> <laughs> you should have traded numbers. Should have made yeah. a date for it, yeah. yeah. I uh, My left week is very quick. It's not going to be... It's just I saw a video on Instagram that it's I can't really explain, but it made me laugh a lot. It was this little pet goat, and there was one of those like Ikea chairs that like you could bend back on I don't remember what they're called but those like Ikea chairs with the wooden handles I know exactly the one you're you know exactly about. what I mean yeah and this goat is like keeps opening his mouth and sticking it over the handle of the chair but his mouth is exactly the same size <laughs> as the width of the chair and it's just like this very it's both very funny and pleasing because it just perfectly fits and he just keeps going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth it's a very funny video um, and it made me laugh a lot this week that's mine. What about you, Megan? Goats never fail to disappoint. No. I just have to say. They like <laughs> I want baby goats just so I can watch them play with each other. Yeah. Um my laugh of the week uh, I have been uh, dog sitting in a place that has uh, Alexa. Right. And I've just been having fun with her. I'm there alone, so I've been asking her lots of questions. Um one of which was, "Hey Alexa, did you fart?" <laughs> and she said, "I have never ever broken wind," which really <laughs> cracked me up. And then I was trying to get her to say it so that I could record it and post it on Instagram. And then I watched it a few times on Instagram. And every time she heard the video on Instagram say, hey, Alexa, did you fart? <laughs> she would answer in, she would hear it. And she'd say again, I've never, ever broken wind. <laughs> and then I found out that when you get Alexa, you have an app on your phone or you can get an app on your phone that shows a transcript of everything she's been asked. Right. So the owners are going to see that, like, they. it looks like I asked her if she farted, like, 12 <laughs> times. <laughs> Among other things, like, you know, do you think I'm pretty? Do right. you ever get depressed? <laughs> do you ever feel lonely? All like, the big questions. What's that? All the big questions. All the big questions. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Yeah, she's she's witty. She, right. She's got some funny things to say once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks uh, to Megan. I would like to say thanks as well. Thanks this for having great. me. This has been so much fun. I've had a blast. This is my very first podcast. I feel like I have to say that as well, that I've ever participated in, that I will have ever listened to. Um, well, so, it is yeah, an is... honor for us because it's been so much fun mm -hmm. and we think you're so funny. You've both been so gentle and so kind. <laughs> I think you're both great as well. Oh, that's, yeah. that's very so, nice. Yeah. And I think 
I think that's it. Woo! Yeah. Do you have outro music? Yeah, it'll play in right now. You can listen to LOL You're Gay on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not in your favorite podcast app, please let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at LOL You're Gay Pod. That's spelled L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Y-P-O-D. And on Facebook.com slash LOLURGaypod. And if you would like to get in touch with us via email, you can do that at LOLURGaypod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Now please enjoy This Week in Royalty Free Music. <laughs>